Welcome to the Momnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karin Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Momnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. Hi, Beth Ann. Welcome to Momnificent. Good evening. Lovely to see you. Let me just close my one screen there. Yes. Oh my gosh. Welcome to Momnificent. This is so much fun. And you are joining us live from where again? I'm here in UK, in South Wales, Cardiff. So good evening. I love that. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I love your accent. It's one of my favorite accents. Um, So I'm so grateful to have you here with me today to talk about grief because I know that you're a grief guide and you also do a lot of work to help with those who are caregivers and how do they take care of themselves when they are giving and giving and giving. Um, And that's such a a really beautiful topic. So Uh, Before we dive into it, I always have a question I love asking my guests and starting out with, what's one thing that you've done recently that maybe you haven't done for a while that just brings you joy? Oh, actually, I was thinking about this when you sent me the question. There's so many things I've done, like bought some new blouses, the things that, you know, new leather trousers, but also... I've bought some plants because it's Easter and holy time, and it is a holy time for us. And my mum's anniversary is coming up, people. Because we're talking about grief, it's really important to think about planning and how I plan my time now in the next couple of weeks. So I've taken time to buy some new makeup, new new fashion, but also just have some plants for my pots as well and my garden because obviously I made space, which we talked about earlier. Um, off offline but um so that I I bought um some lovely some angel eyes um oh. plants and peace plants and that so that I can plant them because they'll last longer than chocolate bars and chocolate eggs although we all love chocolate <laughs> yes we do yes we do so um Bethann how did your path lead you into this work of helping caregivers and those struggling with grief well, I, I did have a life before caregiving. I was um, legal exec. I was a PA in a finance firm. So I did corporate and sales. You know, I've done so many other jobs in my life. And um, I was a speaker. I was a union rep. I was a speaker then back in the day. And then uh, my mum sadly was losing her mobility and um, she had cancer and um she had a, um, a mass in between the bowel and the bladder. And obviously I started um, caring for her part time. But as time went on, she got falls. And the last fall, obviously, was very traumatic. Um, and she ended up in hospital for 17 and a half weeks. So I battled. That's why I'm a warrior. I battled to get her out of there. But sadly, the cancer escalated her dementia. And she had vascular dementia. And um, I went through the grieving for the living. And I went through, I've been through the grief process. It hasn't ended, but that's how I ended up uh, helping people because I started working with a mental health charity. 
and started working with other people then um, helping them with their dealing with grief and telling people about um, how it is because you have to plan almost whilst you're caring but then it's a whole nother ball game after because you have to come out into a world which is even more changed now than it was when I started my grief journey because I was just coming I was just going back into church I was just going into wanting to go back around people and then suddenly we had COVID so that was a completely different ball game but I decided to join a leadership program I in Chicago online and joined some spiritual courses because I couldn't go to church, so there was stuff and started come online. I met people around the world and started talking about grief, mental health and dementia. And it's just, I um, opened my company four years ago and um, like Butterfly. And now I'm sort of like out there telling people what it's like and how they can, how they can travel the maze. Because my always when I'm writing, Grief is like a river and a sea. It comes in waves and it can be a rocky road. Mm. But I can get you to the other side. Mm. Especially from the experience that you've had going through it and still going through it, like you shared. Because how many years ago did your mother pass, you said? Yes, five years coming mid-April. So, yeah. April. It's so special that... We it is special because and... it's near to holy time and yeah. there's lots of people that don't have that bond we had a, a bond where I sh- we shopped online you know we stayed up at crazy times in the night told stories because <laughs> um you know we're sundowning you know we just gone into the summer so you know people don't understand that you know for me I didn't have time to go to you know, I didn't have time to go for meals. It was always on the clock. It was, I didn't have time to go shopping to the shops all the time because you had to come back and, you know, you have to be conscious the whole time. Yeah. So for me and for others, it's a real turnaround because, you know, it's a long time. And then suddenly, you know, health issues and everything else, you have to suddenly realise that the world is like, dementia doesn't stop and I thought about this a lot earlier you know we are going through to um, Easter Sunday tomorrow and it, dementia doesn't stop right doesn't give you a break to have, enjoy the holiday no it doesn't yeah. because even that is not a holiday for no. us right yeah <laughs> yeah um, so we had a student struggling and um we were like, it's, it's, it's the mental health is, is rising. And, and we're just like, there's so many things going on. And, and, and someone made a comment like, well, well, every year at this time, um, they, they struggle. And I was like, but how, how is that really possible? Because like mental health doesn't, doesn't, doesn't know it's April and it's going to show up during April. I mean, and this wasn't because of someone's loss or something like that, but I was like, um, mental health doesn't doesn't have a calendar. It's not because it may not be the same each each year or at that it same time be. It every won't year. Be. It won't be. Yeah. But I think the one thing is is that you know when the anniversaries come, you know when the birthdays are 
going to happen. And one of the things that I've done myself to get myself through, and this is something that you can think about how best you can do it, is by creating some sort of like ritual or habit. So on the day of my mum's anniversary, I actually spend time in my garden because that's where my mum loved being. I have a space in my garden, top of my garden, which is like a mountain. It's like a big patio and I planted plants there. So when I sit up there and I have a cup of coffee, big, huge glass of coffee, latte or cappuccino with chocolate eclairs. And I actually make a video every year on my phone and iPad and I actually play music and I pray up there. Because that is and I also have collected we have hydrangeas in my garden, you know, summer's here now. So I dried them and I keep them in my kitchen so that times like that, I can actually throw them away and say prayers. Yeah, yeah. And what yeah. better thing can you do, really? Because they are still with us, although not physically. Yeah. So, yes, you are going to have the emotions. There is no getting away from it. And I certainly will advocate that it's a really good thing to have those emotions The other thing is I did do counselling. I know it's not for everyone, but it is. If you are offered, I think it can be really good because if you've had trauma in the past, that can always have a knock-on effect on your grief. And also, I found it really good for me because and it was one of the last things. I went to cruise, which is here, and I did six sessions, and the one I did two extra And the woman said to me, I want you to go home and just get a notebook like we've all got A4s. Doesn't matter what it is. You know, I bought one like you've got dreams or something on the front. Um, And she said, go home today and write as if to your loved one, you know, whether it's your mum and that. I wrote to my mum, but if it's your husband and that. And what's happening in your life? You know, you're, you know, if you're having a down day. And that's and that's also being honest with yourself to say to your family, your friends, and that. And I and I that's something that I tell people as well. Tell them if you're having a bad day, and you're like not really coping, then it's important to tell them. It is. You know, we talked about um, a colleague that you know that you know is not is not um, coping as well. And if you can see that someone's not coping. Just say it's okay, you know. It's it yeah. is okay because grief is not like a clock. Right. You know, it's not something just comes up. That, that yes, you can be in. Times. You can be in the middle of a shop. You can see something on the TV, and you, you can smell. be crying. Yeah, smells so powerful. You know, you can you can be in a in a restaurant like someone was telling me. You know, a grown man was telling me about how he was in a restaurant with his wife. And something was said, and he's sobbing in tears. Yeah. But I think it's important as you grow through the grief stages that you accept those things are going to happen. And it's okay. And it's okay to ask for help. It is all right to ask for help. And it's okay to say, I'm not okay today. Um, Because... I know for myself, it's easy to like push down the feelings because you just go on and you got the next thing you have to jump into and and life is going 110 miles an hour. But I really like how you said, um, 
the importance, how important it is. Can can you speak more to that of how important it is important it is for us to feel that grief and emotion and not suppress it? Yeah. Why think, why why is that so uh important? I think it's important because I've seen many people that have taken that might work for them. But if you suppress those emotions, they're gonna come out. They will come out in time. They may it may take a while, but sooner or later those emotions are gonna come out in your relationships with your husband, your partner, your brother, your sister, your fam, you know, your family members. It, it will come out and you will be feeling angry. I mean, obviously not everyone is caring for dementia. There's other reasons to be caring and that, but obviously people get angry. You know, they isolated, you know, we've gone through COVID, many not got to say goodbye and people can get really, you know, upset because they haven't said, I was fortunate to say goodbye. I was lying with my mum the night before and um, obviously in the morning she like died and I was in a kitchen talking to a carer and I wanted to be in the living room and I did say my goodbyes and my mum spoke to me. The carer said she spoke to her, but I know different because um, my mum actually had already spoken to me because I knew she I knew she was dying. And I think it's important for us to um, now going through COVID and with so many people not being able to say goodbye is that I used to go to bed every night and I used to say to my mum, I love you lots. And my brother said, oh, you know, you know, what are you doing? But I knew that if anything happened to her in the night, that would be the last thing that she would remember mm. and that she would things. And obviously when people are, are going through dementia, the last thing is their hearing. You know, when someone is dying, that is hearing. They hear it's, you. They can still they hear, hear you. you. They hear you. Sometimes they can speak to you. You right. know, my mum could speak. She wasn't at that stage. Okay. So she did speak sometimes and that. But, you know, some don't stop speaking. I didn't have that long, lengthy dementia. Mm. But I still went through all the stages in a way. And, yeah, I remember that Kara came on a Sunday morning and she was reading nursery nights and I was going, really? Are you nuts? (laughs) And she was saying, no. And I've still got the book upstairs, Hans Christian Anderson. And I remember my mum saying to me when she left, Hours after, she said, what was that fool doing? You know, sometimes, actually, they pretend that they don't hear, but they're listening. Yes. Yeah, I do believe that. Yeah. Can we back up to something you said earlier about, so if there's someone in our life struggling with dementia, you talked about something like a grief during life like can you you help me understand that a little bit more and 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 yeah grief what what is what's helpful for people experiencing that with a loved one alive grieving for the living is very hard what is because tell me more about that I think grieving for the living is hard because you're losing the person that you love their their personalities change you could have a husband who could become very sexual and start taking his clothes off he could go into rages. You have um, my mum was um, you get uh, 
people are saying hello for hours, you know, and they go, hello, hello, hello. And it can drive, it can drive people like crazy, you know, you know, family members say, oh, this is nuts. You know, what's she doing? Hallucinations. People suffer from hallucinations because they have water infections. You and I could have a water infection and that, which would be mild and that, but we wouldn't suffer for, from hallucinations and ghosts and that. And some people find that difficult because it's challenging because they're talking about a ghost in the room and you can't see it, you know? Mm. And obviously some people believe in angels. Obviously I believe in angels, so I understood. But a family member was like, you know, this is rubbish and I know people have argued with people um, Mm. because they are losing that personality of person. They're losing their mother or their father or their brother or sister, the person that you know that's loving, kind, caring. Um, I spoke to a a writer the other day, uh, about a week ago, who's actually, um, mum is going through advanced um, dementia. And he was saying that his mum's dark side has come out. You know, Mm -hmm. my mum started swearing. My mum would never, ever swear. No way. You know, when we were children, she would give them curry powder if the boys swore and that, you know, and say, I'll wash your mouth out with soap. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. (laughs) You know, I'll wash your mouth out with soap and that when we were growing up and that. But, yes, she and that really shocked us because that wasn't your mother, you know. She and... She because and they, people can also get very violent. They can be very violent because they can grab your arms yeah. and they can slap you, you know. And um, we so just got into summer, so um, it's dark now. And people, like I have to mention, don't understand darkness and light. Oh. So when they you're trying to tell them it's tea time. And they're going, no, it's not. And they wake up in the middle of the night and they want their breakfast at two o'clock in the morning. That is how grieving for the living, because they are going through that process because their brain is like, their brain is slowly dying. So they are like a bookshelf. Their, their memories are falling away and they are going back. And they can go back one minute, they can be here where we are now. And then suddenly, my mum was a war evacuee, so she went right back to the war. Yeah, right, yeah. That, that is the way to describe it. So even if your relative is in a care home and they are, and you're talking to them, they could be talking to you about what it is like the mor- morning and you could be chatting to them and suddenly they're going to go back into like no, 10 no years memory. ago when yeah. they're, you know, when they're, when they're a child mm-hmm. and you could be, some people don't really understand and don't right. know when, how to cope with it. And it can be hard to to deal with, to be be around with. So what what what's your recommendation? Like what what is something that can help for those who are in that situation? So if you are in that situation, the one thing is good is to write a, a journal. Is to write a journal so you understand the patterns. Even if your relative is in a care home. One of the things I used to do is, and I've still got them um, here, is that when I would go out 
for like my respite, which wasn't very often, but I would read all the care plans so that I could understand the challenging behaviour that I was going to have to face in the hours when the carers came. So and even if you go, when you go and visit your relatives from the care home, you can always give them a, 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 a journal so that their staff could write. I know it takes time, but it will. It does help with the challenging behaviour. And if you make a note of their challenging behaviour, you can see the triggers so you can understand there's a pattern. So if they're feeling anxious and um, the right way of communicating with them, communicating with them and not, you know, asking them too many questions, you know, do they want tea or coffee? Not giving them like several things and that will help. There is, you know, when they're eating little plates, and things let them try and do things themselves but if they need help say do you need help and then wait a little while to see if they will answer because mm. you might get jumping right yeah in you might yeah because you might get impatient and then you know care I've seen care eyes and they're going oh you know she wants a conflict and that and then they start getting angry okay because mm. you've That's got to remember their brain is totally affected because it's slowing down. It's it's slowing down. So you might give them more time. To give them that time and to communicate with them and that. So, you know, I remember my mum was like going, hello. My brother was saying, how, you know, this is crazy. And I said, it's fine. You know, you, yeah, you get frustrated. But all I can say is if you have a garden, or a kitchen, you have a kitchen or a good things, or even a toilet, then you just say, I'll be back in a minute. And you just go to the, you go mm. out of the room, take a break, put the kettle on to t- take a break. Yeah. But I used to go out, you know, there's so many things I did. And, you know, we've only got a limited time today. And that's why we, we talked about doing some more um, to give some more people for tips because I used to go in the garden for five minutes and I would take my tea out there or I'd say oh, I'm going out there for a second and put the TV on and music mm. music is immensely important and I would suggest that you've got great um, technology now we're here right. on Zoom it's right at our fingertips got iPads now and for dementia people, they don't even have to talk to it. But also, they've got um, things that you they can play music all day. So if it is somebody who's in their seventies or eighties or you know whatever music they like, stick it on all day. Mm. Don't turn it off because mm. that music in the background is really calming. Mm. Create those routines. We had. We have a routine in the morning at like 11 o'clock, you know, your coffee break or your tea break. Use it like that. Have, you know, my, we painted on my mum's nails in the afternoon once a week. Create those routines and that, and that will help right up to the end, so as long as you can. Yeah. And I like As how- long as you can, until they're in bed. And even when they're in bed, if they're mm-hmm. in hospital, you can, you know, take, you can buy, um, uh, hand cream even this men I spoke to somebody the other day in our um, prayer group and he worked with 
um, people who had um, disabilities and everything. And he was saying about how they used to go into the homes and um, with holy time, washing the feet. And he said how they would wash their wash people's feet and cream them mm. because it's really important. Yeah, you know, it's calm. It's very calming to do yeah. hand massages, and that can be for men and women. Men yeah. are just as you know conscious these days as, as their hair, as everything else, and you know, and things. So do that as long as you can, even when they're in bed, okay. and that because it can make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Love that. And gives them the dignity that they deserve. Right. Yeah. That's what it is. Absolutely. And I just want to touch on one one last thing before we go. And yes, we're going to set up another call to do a part two to this. And even if we do it once or twice a month, this 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 topic is so big. Uh, but maybe we can end today with how I love in the beginning you were saying when you know the date is coming up of the passing of a loved one or or, or an event like that, uh, create a plan in advance and think of what you want to do or how you want to celebrate or how you want to take care of yourself in that moment, knowing how difficult that day is going to be. I think that 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 was really huge. I really love that. And maybe you could leave our listeners today with um, ending with. What 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 do we do when we have those thoughts of like I should X Y and Z or people are thinking I should be like this or I should be doing this? How do you navigate that when it, you kind of feel like you have those voices in your head? For me, I think that it's important to. Um, I bought a five minutes in the morning journal in the beginning, and I got it out today and it's there's so many exercises in there for people that we can like talk about on the next one but it's it's about giving that five minutes in the morning it's like when you get up in the morning you can feel like today is not going to be your best day and you know it's not going to be the next day so in that case think well go and have a hot bath go do go out in the garden I mean if it's the weather or go for a walk put some great music on and even have a duvet day and put some Christmas films on you know there's plenty out there some comedies um do dancing you know through Covid you know I'd have a routine every day that I that I put dance music on and just do dance and that because my mum loved dancing. My mum liked fashion. And I actually, for the first two years or more, and I still do it now, like we're talking about fashion, is if think about the things that you used to do or the places that you go and think, if you want to go there, you know, there's certain places that my mum and I like to go, but I thought I couldn't. So because of COVID and everything, and so I don't actually want to be around too many people. Um these days because um I'm you know helping others so I shopped online and that gives me pleasure because my mum almost like the queen died and my mum I wanted pearls I'll tell you this because this will make that is that and I I used to say to my mum you know great my mum believed in great jewelry and you know like necklaces and everything and I went I fell asleep had a chill day I wasn't feeling great and I woke up and I could hear her say turn the tv on and I bought these pearls long pearls 
Queen had just died. And I thought, this is crazy. But I phoned the next day just in case. And they said I got the last one. Oh, my goodness. And I thought, well, this is what I meant to be doing. Wow. Like being in a garden where she loved to be. So if it's, you know, whatever there's a space in your house, make that space in your house to where they lived or read a book that they lived. I've just read um, a lovely book from the war that because my mum's a war evacuee. So I bought it a while ago, not expensive, and thought, and I took time to read because I used to read when I was waiting for it in the hospital and oh, yeah, buying sure. cups of coffees because I couldn't go home. Right. So, yeah, take that. Just take that moment to think, what am I going to do? And if, you know, my mum loves blue. So I've worn blue today. Beautiful. I love it. Well, Bethann, thank you so much. And I can't wait to continue together on our next call. And those of you who are listening, please message me any questions you have for Bethann. If you are struggling with grief, if someone you know is struggling with, with grief and you're trying to figure out how how and what you do to support them, um, it's such a, a, a valuable topic. And Bethann, I, I can't thank you enough for your time today. And what a special moment to spend and share with you and hear all the beautiful things that you have done to help yourself. Oh, I realize that. In, in this <laughs> month, so many things. month of, of, of your own grief that you're going through. And um, I just think it's so special that our episode came out right at this time. And um, I look forward to our next conversation. So do I. Thank you so much. It was great fun. And uh, I hope your listeners got so many golden nuggets. Oh, I'm sure they did. Thank you. Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment, but feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry. Be happy.